0: This episode contains adult language and topics that may be disturbing for some listeners. Such topics include suicide, drug use, physical or sexual abuse of a child. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Grant. And I'm Erica.
1: And this is From From Crime Crime to to Crime. Crime. Welcome back to From Crime to Crime. It's finally here. This week, we're going to CrimeCon. Yep. I'm excited. Vegas, Are you? Vegas, baby. I, oh, I am so excited. We've gotten so many emails about CrimeCon and what's happening there. So it's been a long time coming. I'm really excited to get there. Tomorrow night,
0: you'll be here.
1: I'll be there. And I know one of our first stops is going to be probably one of your favorite stops, and that's the DNA Doe Project situation they have going on there
0: yep all right well if any of you guys are at crime con let us know so that we can meet up and hang out and sign make-
1: autographs too oh you want you don't want to sign autographs i'll sign autographs erica's <laughs> you know she's busy guys
0: i got you okay <laughs> all right well let's get into this episode this week because i'm pretty excited about it
1: absolutely The we're gonna do the watcher house and i think that's one that most people know about but it's super interesting because it's super bizarre
0: yeah This story takes place in Westfield, New Jersey, and if that sounds familiar to you, it's because that's where John List annihilated his entire family and then went on the run for like 18 years.
1: You know what? I was looking at this, and I did see Westfield, New Jersey, and it did kind of ring a bell, and I'm glad you said John List because that's exactly right. They had that huge mansion, and he lined up his family and killed them all. Yeah. Or I guess he killed them and then lined them up, but.
0: Yeah. So this story takes place like a mile and a half away from there. I'm sure Westfield, New Jersey
1: is thrilled that these are their like most notable things.
0: Yeah. Also, the creator of the Addams Family is from there, so the locals probably prefer that a little bit more to be known for that.
1: Yeah, I could see that. And this house kind of has a creepy vibe, kind of like the Addams Family, so maybe that's where he got it from, except it was years later. But hey, whatever. Yeah.
0: So this story starts with a couple named Derek and Maria Bratis, and they're married and have three kids under the age of 10 and Maria grew up in Westfield but Derek grew up in Maine. He worked his way up the ladder to senior vice president of an insurance company in New York City. But they decided that they wanted to raise their kids in the suburbs where Maria had grown up.
1: I think it's a better option. The city doesn't seem like a place to raise kids.
0: No. So in June of 2014 they bought their dream home at 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey for 1.35 million. It's a six bedroom three and a half bathroom house. It's beautiful. It's in a gorgeous neighborhood with big yards, mature trees. It's like sixteen miles from New York City. So it's the perfect house.
1: It sounds like it has absolutely everything. you know, what more could you want? Yeah, big house and, you know, spaces to to spread out and stuff. This sounds like the dream
0: for sure, yep. Derek and Maria are doing some renovations on the house before they move in. So they have contractors there, and they've been in and out, but hadn't moved in yet. You know, this house is almost 110 years old, so I'm sure they had a ton of renovations to do.
1: Oh, there is plenty to do with an 110-year-old house that needs to be fixed and upkept and stuff.
0: Yeah, we've both lived in houses over 100 years old, and it's, it's a lot. So they have plenty to do, and just a couple days after getting the keys on June 6th, Derek was at the house late one night doing some painting. Around 10 p.m. before he left, he checked the mail, just out of habit. I'm sure you don't have a lot of mail when you just closed on the house a couple days ago. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure it was just out of habit. He checked the mail. And in this stack of mail, there was a white envelope about the size of a greeting card. And it was handwritten addressed to the new owner at 657 Boulevard, which was kind of weird because the sale of the house wasn't even public yet. Like, the has bought the house, and there wasn't even a, ever a for sale sign in the yard. Like, it was a private oh. sale. Like, it wasn't even public. And the contractors had only been there just, like, the day before.
1: So he's probably thinking it's a neighbor who's seen all this stuff happening and yeah. coming and going, probably talked to the previous owners and stuff like that. So, right. Okay.
0: So Derek opens the card, and inside was a typed letter. And the letter hasn't been released in full, but excerpts of it have. And this is what we know of it.
1: Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. So far, so good. (laughs) Yeah, it seems pretty nice. Yeah. How did you end up here? Did 657 call to you with its force from within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I've been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here?
0: I will find out. Okay. So do you know what lies within the walls? Fucking better be studs and insulation. You just bought a house in New Jersey. I
1: was going to say, it's going to be pretty cold. So I'm hoping that there's warmth inside.
0: Yeah. Also better be studs and insulation because if we have another episode about a guy living in somebody's walls, (laughs) snap. Yeah,
1: I know. And that was our first episode and I think about it all the time. I know. I really do. I know. I really do.
0: Yeah. So this is... Kind of creepy, but it's not like really threatening. It's just kind of like, what What are they talking about? A force from within a house having its second coming? Like, what is it? Jesus Christ? What? What's going on here?
1: <laughs> yeah, I would definitely read this and be a little weirded out, but I don't think I'd feel much more than that at this point. I'd just be like, eh, well, that was bizarre, but what are you going to do? Kind of shrug it off.
0: And he said like my grandfather watched it in the 20s and my father in the city, like you're a whole family of creeps. What? Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> just here?
1: Passes. It just gets passed down from generation to generation.
0: Yeah, super awkward. So the letter went on to say,
1: "I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk tisk tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy."
0: Derek is reading this at 10 o'clock at night, so he's getting kind of like unnerved.
1: And fair enough, honestly, like. As you go on, it is a little bit more like, okay, all right, I'm not happy. And at 10 o'clock at night, I'm probably pretty happy that my day is done and I'm leaving.
0: Yeah. And this guy's like, I've seen that you've already flooded it with contract. It's like, whoa, the contractors were there yesterday. Like, yeah. relax. So it, it the letter keeps going. You have children. I've
1: seen them. So far, I think that there are three that I have counted. More on the way. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood that I requested? Better for me, was your old house too small for your growing family, or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me.
0: This is where it starts to get pretty off.
1: Yeah, it's one thing to say, like, okay, you've seen what's going on, but now, like you're counting the kids. Like, you are paying attention and seeing what's going on.
0: Yeah, and then you're telling me that once you know their names, you're going to call to them. And also, there's a lot of spelling errors. They use the wrong two, which drives me nuts. Yeah, that would,
1: that would make me pretty mad, too. Yeah. T-O-O, just for...
0: Yeah, he says, draw them to me, T-O-O. It's like, oh, come on. How can you, how can you take him seriously if you can't spell?
1: Yeah, you know, like, that's the thing. Like, how genius or evil genius or scary can you be and it's probably a small piece but it does kind of make sense huh like if i was to read a letter and it was all spelled wrong i'd probably go "Eh, oh well
0: yeah
1: and like i don't know that that should be the (laughs) my reaction
0: probably not because but
1: but i would just be like well they're not that smart and i just continue on my day
0: yeah so the letter keeps going
1: who am i There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day.
0: There fucking better not be. (laughs) 1.35 million and the street's like a fucking thoroughfare. Are you kidding me? Yeah, go away. We don't need you here. I'd be pissed if hundreds and hundreds of cars drove by my house every day. Oh, no. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh.
1: Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. It's signed in cursive, The Watcher.
0: Alright. So how do you react to this letter if you're in these people's shoes?
1: Oh, I'm not I'm not stoked that I just bought a one point three million dollar <laughs> house and this is happening.
0: Yeah, for sure. Not uh, stoked. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm calling the Ghostbusters probably next. That's probably step two.
0: But do you freak out? Like, does this yeah. unnerve oh, you a lot? Sure. Or do you just kind of like, ah, it's a fucking moron.
1: Oh, no. Like, the very first piece of the letter, I'm a, I'm a little like, okay, strange. But to go on and talk about the kids and that it could be anybody walking by or driving by, yeah, I'm pretty unnerved. And yeah, I, I mean... I've seen a lot of things and like that went back and forth about like if Derek should tell Maria or not. But in all honesty, how do you not? And I understand the thought process of I don't want to freak her out. Right. But at this point, like I wouldn't be able to keep this to myself and just be like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Honey, bring the kids. We're having a grand old time. Like, yeah. No.
0: Well, I'd like to be tough guy and be like, oh, I think I would just think it's a prank and throw it away. But. I think we both know me and I would probably blow this whole thing way out of proportion. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: if this happened to you. Oh, yeah. You would you would straight up burn the house down.
0: Yeah, I would.
1: No questions I'd asked. be
0: like, we have insurance, right? You're a VP of an insurance company. Burn it down.
1: Yep. How do we make this look like it wasn't our fault? Yep. Oh, I could so, totally see you. You want to burn yeah. the house down for much less. This would be right up your alley.
0: Yep. Derek doesn't freak out or burn the house down. But he does kind of get a little bit nervous and he runs back in the house and he turns off all the lights because, you know, at night when all your lights are on, you're a fishbowl from the outside, right. you know? Oh, yeah. So he turns off all the lights and he calls the police. And when a Westfield police officer shows up, he reads the letter and he looks at Derek and says, what the fuck is this?
1: Yeah, which is not what you want a police officer to say after reading a letter that you are also saying the same thing about.
0: Right. But it's like typical New Jersey. <laughs>
1: True, but what fuck is this? I'm thinking I'm gonna get a little more weirded out at this point because I'm hoping the police are like, "Oh yeah, this is a thing that's going on."
0: Right? Oh, this is Jack. We know him. He's kind of a lunatic. Yeah, Just to everybody. Exactly. And instead, it's like,
1: "Uh, what's this?" Like. Dude, I don't know. That's why I called you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So he doesn't have any insight, but they do take it pretty seriously, which is kind of nice. He asked Eric if he has any enemies or if anybody was in a bidding war for the house with them. Like, nothing. He recommended taking a piece of construction equipment off the porch in case somebody tried to use it to break a window and it's like thanks dude i didn't even think of that until you said now i'm freaked out about that
1: what kind of construction equipment i was trying to think what could be big enough yet small enough
0: i don't know they didn't i in everything that i've read about this story i couldn't find it but it was Mm. like what a weird like suggestion but like i said they took it pretty seriously they said they would look into it and they started to so derek goes back to his old house where him and Maria and the kids are still living while they're doing the renovations. And like you said, he kind of him-hawed, but he ended up showing Maria the letter. They were pretty nervous and decided to email the Woods, whom they had bought the house from,
1: Yeah. They lived there like 23 years, right?
0: Yeah. And they emailed him just to ask him if they knew anything about this watcher or why he would say, I asked the woods to bring me young blood and it looks like they listened. And the woods are like, no, we lived there for 23 years and we never had any issues except... The week that we were moving out, we did get a letter thanking us for taking care of the house, but they said it wasn't threatening, so they just didn't think of anything of it and tossed it.
1: I mean, it's a weird thing to get, but if it's not threatening and just, hey, thanks for taking care of the house, I guess their thought was probably it's a neighbor or somebody who's lived in the area maybe a long time that they haven't talked to, who's kept an eye on things. I don't know, but it's that, I mean, is almost a thank you note for being good neighbors.
0: Yeah, So the Woods and the Broaddus family go to the police together the next day and they tell them everything that they know and the police tell them to not tell anything anyone about the letters because at this point all the neighbors are suspects they're gathering info on this weird mystery and they do figure out that the letter had been postmarked from Kearney New Jersey which is like 20 or 30 minutes away and apparently they pronounce it Kearney New Jersey but it's spelled Kearney so that's how we're saying it <laughs>
1: yeah and people aren't usually proud to be Kearneys so yeah, yeah. It drives me
0: nuts when people who are from there are like, we pronounce it Carney. It's like, well, then learn how to spell Carney. Oh, well, we, no, no,
1: that's way too much because the English language is so weird that I understand (laughs) places being spelled and pronounced differently because some things have missing P's in the front and silent M's. (laughs) Missing P's? You know what the hell are you talking about? Like psoriasis. Psoriasis has a P in the front. I guess it's not missing, it's oh. silent, but yeah. you yeah. have to know what you're looking at. You have to know that word, because the first. I know the first time I looked at it, I was like, <laughs> what, what, is, Dude. what is this P? It's like, why is there a P? There doesn't need to be a P in front of this, but there is, for no real reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so all they could tell from these letters was that they were postmarked from Kearney, New Jersey, which is where a lot of the letters go through, because it's like a main post office hub. And that's about all they got from it right up front.
1: It's interesting, too, that they're taking it that far out. Although, if it yeah. ne- I mean, they ne- not necessarily doing that. They could drop it off in a blue bin right next door and it goes through there first. So exactly.
0: So the Broaddus's continue the renovations and they bring their kids over to the new house and start picking out paint colors and the kids are picking out their bedrooms and talking about what fireplace Santa Claus is going to come down because there's four fireplaces in this beautiful house. And they figure by the time they move into this house they'll have figured out what the hell this whole letter thing is all about. So they're trying to like put it out of their mind but they're still pretty paranoid
1: who wouldn't be like legitimately thinking about this this is a concerning
0: thing yeah and they're especially concerned about the kids so they keep them when they're there they keep them inside or if they are outside they keep them in their sights all the time like they don't let them go around the corner or any like they're like get back here you know they're super paranoid how old are the
1: kids again like ten, eight, and 5 is that right Yes. Yeah, yes. fair enough. Those are little kids. Like, Yeah, know. they're small. Yeah, keep them close.
0: Yeah. So everything was quiet except a sign from the contractor. You know how contractors tap signs into the yard when they're working on a project to like yeah. advertise? Apparently one day when the contractor got there, the sign was ripped out and thrown up on the lawn. But that could have just been a teenager walking by being a dick. <laughs> yeah, easily. It could have been anybody. About two weeks later, on June 18th, Maria was at the house looking at paint samples, and she checked the mail again, and there was a familiar envelope. But this time, it was addressed to Mr. and Mrs. Broadus.
1: Oh, so learning names, like actually addressing uh, yeah. them by name.
0: Yeah, but it was spelled phonetically. Mm. So, like, someone had heard it, not seen it in writing. Oh. Because it wasn't spelled right. It was spelled the way it sounds, not the way it's spelled. Kind of like Kearney and Carney. Yeah. So Maria called the police right away because the letter started out.
1: Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy and I've been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what's in the walls
0: yet? In time, they will. This letter is worse than the first letter because the watcher went on to name all three kids In their birth order, so, like, the oldest to the youngest, and they called them by their nicknames. Oh, Like, the names that Derek and Maria call them when they're telling them to get back here or do this or, you know, not their, like, legal names. That's creepy. Like, obviously,
1: they've heard the last name, spell it incorrectly, and know the nickname. So, like, whoever this is really obviously is very close. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, the letter keeps going.
1: I'm pleased to know your names now and the names of the young blood you have brought me. You certainly say their names often.
0: Then he referenced one of the children specifically that he had seen painting on an easel in the enclosed porch.
1: Is she the artist of the family?
0: Now, this is disturbing for a lot of reasons. One, kids, like, don't mess with kids. That's weird. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah. And two, The porch where she was painting is not visible from the street. So whoever saw this little girl painting would have had to have been on the side or the back of the house. So that's fucked up.
1: Yeah, it is. Like, they're obviously watching what's happening and sounds like from any angle too. Like, yeah, that's what makes us crazy.
0: Yeah. So the letter keeps going here.
1: 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the Youngblood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better all of the windows and doors in 657 boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house who am i i am the watcher and have been in control of 657 boulevard for the better part of two decades now the woods family turned it over to you it was their time to move on and kindly sold it when i asked them to i pass by many times a day 657 boulevard is my job my life my obsession and now you are too broadest family welcome to the product of your greed Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. So,
0: this sucks.
1: Yeah, this super sucks, because this is just more and more detailed, direct information.
0: And it's it sucks if you're the Woods, too, because he's like, I've been watching this house for better part of two decades. It's like, oh, shit. That was a whole time they lived there.
1: Yeah, if the, if that's true, too. You know, and I yeah. will say, I... At first, I was like, oh, this is the mailman. No doubt. The mailman's bringing it. He can have it postmarked. He can drop it in. But I don't think the mailman's hanging out here all day, every day, <laughs> listening in and what's going no. on. And he would see the mail spelled. You know what I mean? So I think we can rule him oh, out.
0: Oh, that's true. He would know how to spell their last name. Him or her. I don't know if, what the mail carrier is. Yeah. Is young blood like a thing people say on the East Coast? Because I, I hate this young blood. Like that's why do you refer to ki- First of all. Stop talking about the kids. Definitely stop talking about the kids. Yeah, and second of all, stop calling them young bloods, you weirdo. I don't think young
1: bloods is that weird. I don't know that it's a East Coast thing, but if someone was say, like, hey, or talk about the young bloods, I don't know. Maybe I was thinking they were talking about the bloods in the crypts.
0: I would think gangbang. No, I'm not gonna say gangbangers. I like ga- I like that you white. just said
1: gangbang. I love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a gangbang to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just because we grew up in Southern California.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I don't think they're actually talking about young bloods in that regard. But No,
0: they're talking about kids, but it's just a weird way to say it. Yeah, it's super bizarre. And then, oh, are they going to play in the basement? I'd be too afraid. It's like, get, stop. You, you've you already, like, killed the rest of this house in our dream here, and now you're just, like, rubbing it in. Totally. Like, what else are you going to do? Yeah, they want to know where everybody sleeps. This is, like, real weird.
1: What do they expect to have happen, too? Like, the broadest family to leave a note back, like, well, Timmy's in the upstairs bedroom, and Susie's in the downstairs, and, well, you know, Bartholomew, he's just going to be in the basement, yeah. so no one can hear him scream. You know, yeah. <laughs> like...
0: Yeah, how are you supposed to respond? There's no return address.
1: No, that's yeah. just leave it in your mailbox and hope for the best, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they should have tried that. Maybe they should have tried writing a letter back and just leaving it there and seeing what happens.
0: Well, Derek and Maria don't do that. They immediately just stop bringing their kids over because obviously.
1: Yeah, that's the right choice. Yeah, that's
0: off the table. So far, good parents. Yep. So they continue the renovations, but they're like traumatized. They install security cameras and the whole nine yard you know, they do all the things that you would do, extra locks, alarm systems, you know. But they're just like, I guess we're just gonna keep going with this renovations and hope we figure this out before we have to move in.
1: Yeah. What else can they can they do?
0: Yeah. So about a month later, on July eighteenth, they receive a third letter.
1: Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. The house is crying from all of the pain it's going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room, imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old and so did my father, but he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine
0: again. Who would be there at this point? Yeah. Where have you gone to? What What the hell did you think was going to happen?
1: Yeah. Are you
0: trying to get me to go or stay?
1: Like, yeah, I'm getting mixed messages here.
0: Yeah. Because your first couple letters are like, obviously, we'll never live in this house. And nobody else should either. <laughs> and we're going to burn the whole thing to the ground. Yep. And now you're like, where have you gone? We miss you. Yeah. What the hell? Anyway, keep going.
1: 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It's coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone.
0: If this person thinks that they're going to move in now, their software isn't, like, fully downloaded.
1: I don't think they think they're moving in now. I think they're just adding fuel to the fire of being like, okay, you're out. It's kind of like a boxing match. Like, you got the guy on the ropes. You don't stop then. You kind of keep going, you know? Like, you go for the finishing knockout punch, and I think that's what we're seeing with this. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't think that this person wants them to stay. I mean, I think he's trying to get them to go, and... You know, let's be real. Of anything that anyone's going to talk about, if they were talking about the kids, that's going to get me to move first and foremost. Like you come after me, yeah, eh, eh, you know, I think I can handle myself. But you start talking about my kids, my kids can't handle themselves. So
0: (laughs) right, (laughs) yeah. So at this point, the Broaddus family is like kind of falling apart. They're fighting all the time. They can't sleep. They can't eat. They can't move into their house. Their old house finally sold. The one that they were living in. Right. But they can't move into the new house, so they have to move in with Maria's parents, which I'm sure is a whole nother stressful deal. They got to take sleeping pills to sleep at night. Maria is diagnosed with PTSD. Fair. It's awful. She's having nightmares. They've paid over $100,000 in renovations and have to pay the mortgage and the taxes on a house they can't live in.
1: I mean, aside from the financial spot, just the mental part
0: alone is horrible. Right, psychological torture. Oh my god,
1: like, take the money and run, fine, but let me sleep, please.
0: Yeah. So six months into this ordeal, they decide to sell the house. But by this time, the media had picked up on this story, and the Broadduses didn't want to defraud anybody. They didn't want anybody to get into a situation they didn't know. So they disclosed to all the potential buyers the contents of these letters. And one by one, these people were like, oh, no thanks. See ya. And just Bounced. So this made Maria and Derek think, why in the hell wouldn't the Woods tell us about the letter they got? You know, since we're honest and we're telling other people about the letters we got, why didn't the Woods tell us?
1: As much as I want to say I wouldn't tell the next people, you have to, I think. Like, I think as a decent person, yeah. you can't sell the house with this kind of knowledge. and just like, hmm. No, it was wonderful. We just, you know, we changed our minds. Like,
0: yeah. there's a lot going on here. That, But I think the Woods and the Broadduses are in different places. Because if the Woods lived there for 23 years and they got one letter that just said thank you for I taking agree. care of the house, I could see why they didn't disclose it. But the Broadduses, they're losing their minds about this whole thing. And they're just devastated and they don't know what to do. So a year after they bought and renovated this house... But still hadn't been able to move in. They filed a lawsuit against the Woods, you know, saying they should have disclosed.
1: Yeah, that's unfortunate. But, you know, I see both sides. Like, why didn't you tell us? And the other side, why would we? It was one and it was kind of a thank you letter.
0: Yeah. So a judge dismissed the suit, though, because creepy anonymous letters aren't something that the law says has to be disclosed. So he's just like, sorry, they didn't have to tell you legally. But neighbors and people on the street were not very nice to the Broadduses. They were kind of bullying their kids at school and making harsh comments on the internet. and The whole community kind of turned on them. Why? I don't know. I've heard different reasons. One of them being that a lot of people thought that they were making a mountain out of a molehill. Mm-hmm. And that it wasn't really that big of a deal. Or they thought they wrote the letters themselves because they were in over their head financially and were trying to get out of a bad real estate investment. I don't know. But it seems like a lot of the neighbors maybe might have been in denial, too, that, like, something like this could happen. Because this neighborhood is very, you know, there nothing happens in this neighborhood. So for something like this to happen, they're like, no, this doesn't happen in our neighborhood. You wrote those letters yourself. Or they were just a prank. You're taking it too seriously.
1: Yeah, I... I can understand that. I don't agree with it, but I can understand why other people in the neighborhood who've never had this issue before wouldn't believe the new people who just moved in.
0: But some of them are pretty mean about it, especially on the internet where they get behind their laptops and they're like i could be a dick and nobody cares <laughs> Yep. so the broadest is at this point are just so fed up and they tried to go to the city planning commission and see if they could split the lot in half and tear down the house and rebuild two different houses on the lots because the watcher is obsessed with this house so maybe if we demo the house and build two different houses that he's not attached to maybe that will work
1: and that's a really good like plan too as just as far as money goes because then they could make rent out of that one house and not have to pay as much so i like that
0: yeah and they're already in for like 1.5 million dollars with all the renovations and everything and they can't sell it so they're just trying to do something you know but the rule for this city was that the lots had to be 70 feet wide minimum and if they split this lot in half they would have been three feet short of that minimum so the city Uh, planning commission denied it wow Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, which is really sad because shortly after this, the city approved a similar plan on a different lot that was way more than three feet short. And they approved it. And Derek snapped.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, it sounds like maybe the city didn't believe these people with these notes either. Like, that's probably why they're like, nah, three feet is too much. But this other one, you're fine.
0: Yeah. So Derek kind of like went off the deep end for a minute and he ended up sending anonymous letters to some of the neighbors that were the most vocal at these city council meetings and on the internet and all that stuff and he later admitted to sending these anonymous letters and explained why he did it and he didn't sign him the watcher he signed him Friends of the Broaddus family, but that made people think more. So after he admitted that he wrote those letters, that they wrote the anonymous letters from the Watcher. Okay, but he says that he was literally just losing his mind. Like he felt like the whole city turned against him. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat. He couldn't move into this house he had to pay for. So the Broadduses had hired retired FBI agents to do threat assessments to find out if the person writing the letters was dangerous. And the FBI agents said, no, not really, but also yes, because there's enough typos and misspellings in the letters to make the person unreliable. Like, they don't know if the person is, like, out of their mind. Like, they're unpredictable.
1: Oh, interesting. Even the FBI thinks that spelling things wrong is, uh, is a red flag.
0: Yeah. Don't mess with the dummies. Yeah. But the FBI says like on the threat assessment, they're saying like it makes the person unpredictable because it could be that they aren't serious, but it could be that they're out of their mind, which makes them unpredictable. So they yeah. so their answer is pretty much we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> like I don't know. So they hire a linguist to tell them everything anything about the letters like from the writer and the linguist comes up with like this whole thing about how the letter's super angry but doesn't have a lot of cussing so doesn't show a lot of like machismo so it's either an effeminate male or a woman and that the person is probably older because of the way they say things and their sentence format and then also the way it's typed there's double spacing after each period which apparently is like really common on old typewriters, but it's not common on a computer because it would make a stupid squiggly blue line. Yeah.
1: Typewriter. Wow. So, I mean, they're really thinking this person is pretty old if they're used to uh, typewriter logistics.
0: Right. So the Broaddus's hire private investigators, security companies, everything. I mean, they did everything. They spent so much money trying to solve this problem so they could just move in. They looked at buying German shepherds that were, like, trained to attack... They even posted a personal ad for any military men that they would pay to just come and work out in their backyard all day.
1: I, I I did read about that. And what exactly do they mean? Like, just like calisthenic workouts or weights or what kind of workouts are they doing?
0: And I think he just wanted big, muscular men to work out in his backyard to scare the person off, I guess. I don't know.
1: That sounds more like a fantasy than it does a security system. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good way to get divorced. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Could be a fast track. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sounds like a real good way to start cutting alimony checks on top of all this property taxes (laughs) and mortgages on houses you can't sell. And so anyway, that's beside the point. It didn't work and they're desperate, but none of this works. So the Union County Prosecutor's Office got a DNA sample from the letters, from under the stamp or the way the envelope was sealed. And to everyone's surprise, the DNA was a female.
1: Oh, that's interesting. And was it maybe Maria's?
0: No. But of course, Maria was the first person they tested, but she was not a match.
1: Well, she's the first person I thought of, so.
0: So by 2017, the house had been empty for three years and hadn't received a letter since july of 2014 but the family was too scared to move in couldn't sell it couldn't demolish it (laughs) they tried everything so it just sat there and they paid the mortgage they paid the taxes it for three years that's nuts that they could even afford that on a 1.35 million dollar house like their mortgage is not 900 bucks a month no you know
1: yeah, they're they're definitely feeling it.
0: Yeah. So the Broaddus family finally finds a renter that would rent the house even after reading the letters. This renter had no kids and two big dogs and he even put a clause in his lease that he could piece out if there was another letter with no penalties or anything.
1: That's fair. And I will say too, if I was a single guy, I could see myself doing the same thing. Like, all right, I'm just going to be by myself and do this and if there's another letter then maybe i'm leaving but
0: yeah so two weeks into this guy renting the house out derek had to go over there to handle some kind of squirrel issue that the tenant was having and the tenant gave him a letter that had arrived two weeks this renter's been in there and we get a new letter
1: violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful derek and his wench of a wife maria
0: Who talks like this?
1: Pirates, I think.
0: I know. I'm like, who calls anybody a wench? (laughs) What the fuck is going on? I think Captain Hook did, but... Yeah, it's like, okay, we get it. You're fucking mad, you weirdo. So this letter is dated February 13th.
1: You wonder who the Watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the Watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders all hail the watcher
0: i have not i I don't even know what like he went from being like shakespeare to being like mel gibson like (laughs) what's going on here
1: we need to say that it might be a her the woman's dna yeah yeah, yeah. the lady speaking so i mean maybe it's a girl yeah it's just like i don't know women usually have better things to do than this i will point out so it's Probably not, but...
0: So apparently the renter was mentioned in this letter, but he was cool with staying in the house as long as Derek added more cameras, which I'm like... (laughs) I would not, if it mentioned me, I'd be like, I'm out, bye. That was the whole point of this clause in my lease. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Like, they know what's going on. Yeah. The letter also said revenge could come in many forms.
1: Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes
0: and cars and bicycles crash.
1: Bones break.
0: I feel like whoever's writing this, their brain like stalled when they were doing the day after day after day after day. Like there's like two or three too many in there.
1: Oh, yeah. I got confused reading it.
0: Yeah, it's like they didn't know what they were going to write next. So they just kept writing day after day (laughs) after day until they like snapped out of it. It's like, what is going on here? That's too many day after days. You only
1: need two or three, man or lady.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. So that was the last letter from the watcher that we know of. The tenant stayed, but the rent didn't even cover the mortgage. And Derek and Maria kept having to take that hit every month, plus the taxes Ooh. and all that stuff, until 2019, so five years after they bought it, when they were finally able to sell it for a little over 900000 So they took almost a half a million dollar loss on just the house and the renovations alone, plus all the other expenses, hiring the PIs and... All the security and the cameras and everything else that they had to pay for. Right. renovations
1: and all that kind of stuff. Like,
0: Yeah, they first. lost a shitload of money.
1: Yeah, they did. And at this point, yeah. it probably isn't even about the money to them. They just want to get out from underneath it.
0: And that's that's what ended up happening. So the new owners have stayed pretty quiet and want to stay anonymous. And they haven't reported any new letters.
1: Did the renter stay by chance? Do we know?
0: No, he left and they sold it to another family who is living there, but they haven't reported any new letters. Although I don't know if I would report them because this person just wants attention. So. Oh my God. Of course you're reporting them. Are you kidding?
1: You think you of all people is going to keep this a secret? Number one. Oh No, no. I'd be on
0: the nightly news. Yeah, of be course. Like, Look at this letter. Of course. And.
1: Like the renter, I'd probably have a stipulation in my contract, too, that, like, hey, if I keep getting these letters, like, I can back out of this. I don't know if that's possible, but I would want that.
0: No, it's not possible. It's not legal. Well, it should be. Something like that. Once this. a sale of a house is final, it's final. Oof. <laughs> Which is why Derek and Maria was are say, fucked. Just, just as Derek or and were Maria. fucked. Yeah. That's pretty much the story of the Watcher house and... There's a lot of theories on who it could be. I don't know if you want to go into theory land. I don't know if you even like theory land anymore. <laughs>
1: it has been a bit since we've been to theory land, but I'll I take know. a ride. So, yeah. I mean, I think the first thought has to be Derek and Maria. They just bought a 1.3 million dollar home. Maybe They felt like they were in over their heads and they were trying to get out of the
0: sale. But from what you've just told me, they can't get out of a sale just by making up letters like that. No. And that is a common theory, though, that it's them and they were trying to do something shady financially that they couldn't really do. And they got in over their heads and they were just trying to get out of it. But it's like, if that was the case, why wouldn't they just do the renovations and then turn around and sell it? Yeah. Do do you know what I'm saying? I completely Because that's what they did anyway. Before they even tried to do anything, that's what they did. They did all the renovations and paid the mortgage for a year before they ever even filed a lawsuit against the previous owners. So it's like if they had the money to pay the mortgage and taxes for a year and do $100,000 worth of renovations, they could have just in that year sold the house and got out from underneath it. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 It doesn't make a lot of sense for
1: them either, too, to to get on this. I mean, he had a really, really good job. They have a house in a really nice part of the world. Like, they're not—I don't think they're looking to get out of this.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. And there's a lot of stuff about how their previous home was only 300-something thousand and all this stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, he has a way better job now. That's the—like, he had a starter home and then— Totally. Now they have their dream home. Like yeah, that's, he's the
1: vice president of
0: an insurance company. Like he's doing yeah, pretty good. That's literally the American dream. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what we're trying to do—is move up. Yeah, we're all trying to do that. It's fine. I just don't see how it could be that because for me, if it was them writing the letters for some, because there's a, another theory where they did this to get like movie deals, which is funny because they turned down every movie deal until recently. <laughs> But if just by a very long shot that's what they were doing, when you brought down the value of your own property by almost a half a million dollars and then still wouldn't move into it because you were too scared and sold it at a loss of a half a million dollars, to me it's like they would have just moved into it. If they were the ones writing the letters, they weren't actually that scared. So instead of losing a half a million dollars, they would have just eventually moved into the house. Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that to me, that theory is just kind of like, I think these poor people, they just got screwed. I wonder why them, though, like if it hadn't really happened before, it hasn't really happened after. I
1: wonder why these two got the shit end of this stick. And, you know, with it had being recently on the market, it almost sounds like it could have been like somebody who's pissed that they
0: didn't get the house themselves. But right.
1: You know, who knows?
0: Well, and that's that's a theory, too. But the only other people that had put offers in on the house backed out on their own. Like, one person had a medical condition. The other person found a different house and backed out, Mm. according to the Woods. Like, there was no, like... It wasn't like a hardcore bidding war, and the Broadduses barely won.
1: And I would... I mean, I could think, too, that maybe... It was somebody who used to live there or something along those lines.
0: Yeah. And they wanted it back and couldn't afford it. I could see that. Yes.
1: But why would it stop with the Broadduses? Why did it, or, you know, I guess start at the very end of the woods, continue through the Broadduses, and then stop unless that person is dead.
0: Or unless the media attention scared them off. Yeah, that could be it too. Because- After these letters, they got a lot of media attention.
1: Do we know how it garnered media attention? Because the police told them to keep it quiet. I'm sure they talked to the neighbors and stuff, trying to get some answers. But is that how?
0: When they tried to sell it the first time, Mm. they started disclosing to potential buyers the fact that there was a stalker. And then it just kind of leaked out from there. But there is a lot of theory, a lot of theories that don't have anything to do with the Broadduses, but none of them really make that much sense. Like, there was a girl that the police caught sitting in her car out in front of 657 Boulevard, and when they brought her in, she said that her boyfriend lived on that street and played a video game where his character's name was The Watcher, and they tried to bring that guy in for questioning, but he would never come in, and they didn't have any reason to question him. Like They didn't have any like legal grounds to bring him in forcefully Uh, yeah so they just had to let it go and then like you said a former resident or maybe a former housekeeper or groundskeeper or child of a housekeeper or groundskeeper who couldn't afford to buy the house but wanted it i hadn't thought of the child of somebody that could definitely be yeah
1: is there anybody like that though? Of interest, like, do we know that there was a housekeeper or a child of a housekeeper or anything like that, or is that just a theory? No, that's just a theory. But no, like, housekeeper or child of a housekeeper has ever been like named or no person of interest or anything. No, okay, I didn't think so.
0: No, the only person that's really been named was the next door neighbor to Six Fifty Seven Boulevard was a guy named Michael Langford, and he was known to have schizophrenia and kind of be a peeper, like he would go into people's lawns and look in. Their windows and everybody in the neighborhood was like oh he's fine he's just a little off he was like in his 60s and didn't work obviously because of his mental health issues but he lived with his mom who was 92
1: okay and
0: the family had lived there since the 1960s like one of the letters had said right and all of her adult children lived with her they were all in their 60s and lived with her Oh, that is weird. How many were there? Do we know? I don't know for sure, but there was at least two, Michael and Abby, his sister. And Abby happened to be a local real estate agent, which is another kind of weird connection that could possibly have something to do with it. And Abby was one of the most vocal people at the city council meetings where they were trying to tear down the house. She stood up and was like, I've been staring at this beautiful house my, you know, whole life. I don't want to stare at a parking lot or a driveway or she's like, please don't tear it down. Oh, so. So it's definitely this guy and his family. Well, Most likely. the police were pretty interested in them too, but they ran Abby's DNA and it did not match the envelope. What about the mom? I've never heard that they've ran the mom's DNA, hmm. but you would think if they ran Abby's DNA and it wasn't a match, oh, good point. if it was a familial match, they would have been like, hey, we're going to need your mom's saliva here. Yeah. You make a good point about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they weren't the only neighbors who were kind of suspected, too. One of the contractors from the house said that the neighbors behind them used to sit their lawn chairs like real close to the property line and just look at the house. And it was like an older guy and his wife. And then their daughter had married a guy that grew up in that house.
1: There's just something weird about this area. Like this house is built on a burial ground or something. Yeah. This house as a whole just seems like it's got some really strange connections. You don't hear a lot about this kind of stuff. Like, oh, yeah, somebody used to sit their chairs out and just watch this. You don't right. hear about
0: that very often. Yeah.
1: Like, there is some weird force or energy or something going on here. I don't know what, but there's something going on over here.
0: Yeah, it does have a weird history too because it was sold like eight or 10 times throughout the years for $1. Oh,
1: that's interesting. And
0: it wasn't always to and from, like, sometimes you sell a house for a dollar to a family member. Cause you're gifting it to them, really, but you're trying to avoid like gift tax and all this weird stuff. But there was times where it exchanged hands, and it was not within a family, but it was, but it was still a dollar. Yeah, it would make sense
1: if it was from family to family, but then it doesn't make sense when it, once it breaks. That yeah. once it goes outside of that, it's like why? Why wouldn't you try to get as much money as you could for that? I mean, that's kind of the name of the game with this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, well, it's kind of a real estate trick too because it's possible that on paper they sold it for a dollar, but in real life, the people gave them four hundred thousand dollars in cash because oh. you pay taxes. Based on the sale of the house, like the price of the house. So it could be like kind of a way to be scammy with taxes. But it does seem weird that that many people in multiple generations would do it. Like if that had happened once or twice in the history of a house, it's like, okay, I get it. But it happened like nine times. It's like, whoa, that's kind of weird. So I don't know. That's super bizarre. That's really weird. Yeah. So there's no answers.
1: But it's not that old. It's not that old, which is really interesting for it to be this kind of crazy. And have it not be, you know, from the early 1800s or something.
0: Yeah. Oh, and one more little tidbit about the Langfords. Michael and Peggy both have passed away since the Broadduses have sold the house. That makes sense. So if there's never another letter, does that answer our questions?
1: It might. Yeah, it definitely. I'm looking at these people pretty closely.
0: Yeah. So, But see, if there is another letter, does that rule them out? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not necessarily. I know. It's like the West Memphis Three. There's no good answer.
1: This does make a little bit more sense, though, if there was more than one person in on this, if it was a family like this, and that way, you know, somebody could, let's just say, walk by or drive by every day and see what's going on in the front, and maybe somebody's able to see what's going on in the
0: back. Right. Yeah. It does make sense more for a family, like maybe if they were doing it in shifts. <laughs>
1: Not so much shifts, but like, oh, I went to the store today. I saw the contractors. Oh, I went to the post office today to mail the creepy letter. Adding all their pieces together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, maybe we'll find out someday because like I said, it's not that old. And there is DNA, so DNA Dope Project maybe can help.
1: Maybe at CrimeCon we can uh, get this
0: solved. Yeah. Maybe.
1: If you guys know anything about the Watcher House and want us to ask somebody at CrimeCon, visit our Instagram at From Crime to Crime. You can ask us there. We're on Twitter at From Crime the Number Two Crime. We're on TikTok allegedly at From Crime to Crime.
0: What's our email address?
1: Oh gosh. Um <laughs> From Crime to Crime Podcast at gmail.com. There it is. You'd think I'd have a better remembrance of that like I set that up. Of all the things I've done. Yep. That's been my contribution. That and a couple other things, literally. (laughs) So you'd think I could remember that, but here we are.
0: All right. Well, I will see you tomorrow.
1: I can't wait. And again, guys, if you're at CrimeCon, let us know. We would love to meet up with you.
0: All right. Love you. All right. Love you, too. Bye. Bye.
1: Did you know that most people who listen to our podcast don't rate and review us? Be sure to rate us five stars and leave a comment in the review wherever you get your podcast. Thank you!